I was on the subway yesterday, right? And um, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, there's a poster on the subway just now for uh, Christian Unitarians okay. and the sort of Christian Unitarians Society um, that you can join. You know, a society of free thinkers, Danny, but who believe in God. Um, and I really like it because the the angle they've chosen to go for to recruit people okay. is um, they've decided to showcase the famous people who were also unitarians um so on this poster you'll find there's pictures of uh oh the the author potter uh jk rowland nope oh no uh beatrix potter beatrix potter oh uh, i thought you meant the um there's a picture of charles darwin okay uh there's a picture of christopher reeves in his superman get up um okay. and there's a couple of uh, but so my favorite thing is all the all the pictures are it's just a picture. So it'll just say, like, Beatrix Potter, and then it's a picture of Beatrix Potter. But one of them, the last one they went with... <laughs> so, so so far I'm thinking, like, author of classic children's yep. literature, Beatrix Potter, and most it's... definitive superhero of all time <laughs> is cinematic It's not Superman. so much a comment on that. It's more a comment on the poster. So the last person they've went with is Tim Berners-Lee. Do you know who Tim Berners-Lee is, Danny? No. Tim Berners-Lee is the founder of the internet. Okay. And I know that because on the poster, you've got Christopher Reeves, you've got him as Superman, you got Charles Darwin, you got a picture of Charles Darwin. But for Tim Berners-Lee, they've got a picture of Tim Berners-Lee, but above him, they've had to put in giant white text, the founder of the internet. Because <laughs> your average subway goer isn't going to know who Tim Berners-Lee is. Which begs the question, were there really no other famous Unitarians you could choose from that you wouldn't have to explain who you'd chosen? That's amazing. It just, I thought it was funny. And it, it just, it made, it made me chuckle. And I want you to keep an eye out for it on the subway now because I, I went to D&D last night and I, I told everyone about it and they had all seen it yeah. <laughs> and they had all thought the same thing that it was hilarious um, yeah I just I, I, and I just wanted to share it with you I just <laughs> that's a shame for this the chap because he founded the internet and like we all like, he did a good thing aye like we all like there's very rarely now people who don't use the internet in yeah. any fashion or ever we are currently using the internet to make this podcast a thing <laughs> And we're laughing at his obscurity. But I just like the thought that when they were making the poster and they're like, they come down to the last one and they're like, oh, we got to use, we, I mean, we, we all, our only option is Tim Berners-Lee, but no one knows who the fuck he is. <laughs> like, we, we can't just put a photo of him. Like, we, we, at that point, we might as well be like, Christopher Reeves, Charles Darwin, Jason, who works at Sainsbury's. Have <laughs> <laughs> we used Beatrix Potter? Yeah, 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 I'm sorry, we've already oh, used damn it, Beatrix we've Potter. Used it already. <laughs> Beatrix Potter sounds like a Harry Potter villain. Um, is it because Beatrix Lestrange and yeah, also Harry I Potter? Say, I think there is like a Beatrix, a character called Beatrix. You could in ship Potter. those two. Yeah, there's probably some fanfic about that. Probably. Um, it's Halloween, Nanny. Hello! I mean, not at the time of recording no. this. Yeah, well, but... recording. Oh, it's, 
Okay, it's about, it's nowhere near it. <laughs> it's about two weeks so Halloween. We're not even in the twenties yet, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're you know we're ahead of the curve. We are, as they say. Um, so I wanted to. I thought we could we could kickstart the show because I I saw a couple of bloody horror movies. All right, a couple of new horror movies uh, right. recently. I thought we could talk about them. You probably didn't watch either of them. And I know you didn't watch one of them because we spoke about it briefly earlier. Uh, I watched Apostle. Which one's that one? On Netflix. It is the Gareth Edwards. No. Is he the one who made Rogue One? Uh, I know the director about, of yeah, The Raid. Yeah, you're talking about the director uh, of The Raid. He has uh, directed a new horror film for Netflix called Apostle. And it stars Dan Stevens. And um, it's Good all man. about... Good man. Very good man. <laughs> good at the beast. He was played the beast. <laughs> he did play the beast, didn't he? In Beast and a Woman. All his, 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 his own beard, the beast. Did you know that? Little known fact. That's just beard. Dan Stevens if he lets himself go of <laughs> his it. Own, his own horns. If he got, when he's in between movies, he grows that beard. He wrote the song. And he looks like the beast. He wrote the beast song, the one that they had to add in. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I watched Apostle. Uh, so Apostle is about... Uh, a woman is kidnapped by a cult who lives offshore from Britain. It's set in 1902, I want to okay. say. Um, they, the cult sends a letter to her father. They're like, hey, you need to come to this island. Take, accept, take this invitation. Come to our island. Give us a ransom and we will release her. Um, you better not fucking send anyone else or we'll be real angry. So he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Send someone else. But that would make him real angry. <laughs> that, you just said that would make him real angry. Um, so he sends his. they send his son, Dan Stevens, and the goal is like, no one will know who you are, so go infiltrate the cult, join them, make sure the, the girl is alive, oh, so and they, find a way okay. to get her out. Um, so that's your basic setup. Uh, it kind of plays out very similar to The Wicker Man. I was thinking The Wicker Man. This has already given me a Wicker yeah, Man so vibe. Yeah, so for about the first hour, it... It plays very... It goes very along the lines of a kind of Wicker Man type mm. movie. Um, you know, there's a lot of this guy wandering around this village, which is, you know, being used by the cult, uh, and discovering a lot of weird shits going on. And you're like, what's all this weird shit that's going on? I'm off the um, but what I thought was really good about it is that I thought it did a really, really good job of subverting your expectations almost every time so every time I thought I had the film figured out it genuinely did something that caught me off guard um, I almost kind of don't want to give any examples because I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone um, but I've, I read a lot of reviews after the film, I really liked it and I would strongly recommend people go check it out it is, it's, a, it's a slow build in the first hour and the second hour is is quite bonkers <laughs> Um, you very much do have to go along with it. There's a lot of stuff that you just have to accept as this is what's happening in the film. Roll with it. A lot of supernatural elements come into play. Um, I, I read a couple of reviews afterwards and a lot of people were kind of talk, comparing it to The Wicker Man in quite a detrimental way. I think people might be missing a subtext there. I th- Or not a subtext, but like I think it's intentionally similar to The Wicker Man for the first hour so that he can completely subvert oh, okay. what you think you're in for yeah. in the second hour. And Playing I think, on the genre drugs. So I think it's almost like what he manages to do on a small scale, you know, throughout the movie, 
he kind of does on a big scale with the movie itself which is kind of setting up as you're going to get this one thing and then like i think one of maybe without i don't know if this would count as a spoiler but like there there is genuinely something supernatural going on okay it's not like the wicker man or anything where it's just kind of these people with a very strong belief yeah um there is something genuinely supernatural going on on the island and i thought that was interesting um but i would strongly recommend it it's dan stevens and michael sheen plays the leader of the cult a lot of very welsh accents okay so brace yourself for that paul higgins is in it uh jamie from the thick of it who's a personal bloody love bloody love everything he any anytime he shows up because i just want him to swear a lot like he does in the thick of it um and yeah i also we i went with friend of the podcast michael kelly the other day and we went to see mandy have oh, you heard of Mandy? Yes, I have heard of Mandy. That's the Nicolas Cage one, isn't it? It is the Nicolas Cage one. I've heard it's very good. It's it's very. I really loved it. Yeah. But the th- the thing of it is is that it is very much it is very much style over substance. If you strip the movie back to what it is, it's a pretty straightforward revenge film. Okay. Um, Nicolas Cage's wife is murdered by some religious kind of nut jobs. Uh, who are all coked out of their mind. Uh, Nicholas Cage, therefore, has nothing to lose and goes on a revenge spree, killing everyone that was involved. It's very, very straightforward. Mm-hmm. That has been done a million times. I think it's just the style that the guy adopts for it is so interesting and so cool. Like, almost every scene is just interesting to watch because of the different things he does. Um, there's, like, a scene where the main villain is talking to... He's given, like, a monologue to Nicholas Cage's wife... And because they're both on LSD, like, as he's talking, his face starts to, like, morph into hers. But it's quite subtle. You almost don't notice it at first. Okay. Um, There's a lot of kind of moments like that. Um, I would almost describe it not in that in that plot, I would describe I would almost describe it as the devil kills Nicolas Cage's wife. And Nicolas Cage has to travel through the gates of hell <laughs> okay. to murder the devil. Wow. Because there's a lot of kind of religious imagery going on because it's a religious cult leader but it's also fucking bonkers um it is pretty much every single character in the film is drug fueled completely uh three of the main villains in the film um the reason they are they, they are apparently so villainous is because they were given a bad batch of lsd and they've never quite been the same <laughs> now they have a petulance for violence that's amazing um it's it's got some very kind of like mad maxi costume design and stuff which is quite cool there's a scene where Nicolas Cage armed with a chainsaw fights another man with a bigger chainsaw <laughs> which was ever than I'd wanted uh, and also Nicolas Cage just gets to go just full Nicolas Cage alright there's a scene there's a scene where as he's coming to terms with the death of his wife he's in the bathroom in his boxers taking huge swigs from a bottle of vodka and in between swigs just screaming as loud as he can in anger and it's it's a joy to watch genuinely <laughs> like i think the film 100 percent the film is playing a lot of stuff up for laughs and i think one of the things it has on its side is it has someone as kind of crazy as nicholas cage yeah and so i think I, I don't know if it would work with like someone who's a bit more of a straight man yeah like i think you need someone who's a bit unhinged like nicholas cage seems to be um yeah, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Are we on the verge of a Nicolas Cage renaissance? I 
don't think so because I think the good Nicolas Cage movies happen so few and far between. He's like because he's obviously went through that whole period where he basically did everything, which is I think to do with bankruptcy. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. went bankrupt because uh, he was spending because he bought bonkers like, dinosaur skulls and stuff. He yeah. was uh, spending said the word bonkers, bonkers a lot tonight, haven't we? Yeah. What a fun word. It's a fun word. Bonkers. This is a bonkers thing. podcast, let me tell you. But like, well, I wonder if we're, once he gets out of that, if he, if he not isn't already, whether then we can get him doing like more films like this mm. and doing more He pops films. up in the occasion. Like obviously he did Kick-Ass. He's very good in Kick-Ass. But then, and then sort of a couple of years later he did, have you seen Joe? No, I haven't seen Joe, but I've heard it's good. It's very, very good. And it's very kind of american sort of social realism like they they cast uh a home like some a, a genuine homeless person in one of the lead roles as a, a, an alcoholic homeless person basically. do you have to say homeless throughout the filming i don't know how it worked i do know that he died shortly after oh, jesus yeah they found him it's pretty harrowing they found him face down in a puddle after overdosing on heroin like that's how socially real that movie is um but he gives like a really really good performance in that film and then literally it's like you'd fucking change the channel and like oh there he is in like fast man seven nicholas cage has had something's been taken from him but he wants the thing back so he's gonna kill all the people nicholas cage is flying a plane and the rapture happens. Or like there's like a movie that he's in with hayden christensen where he's like a knight of the realm or something <laughs> or he's like a templar i don't fucking know he's i remember when he won an oscar yeah the how the mighty have fallen we might we still might be due a nicholas cage renaissance yeah. i think it might happen We've still got time for it to happen and one Nick day. Cagesance? Con- Connaissance? No. You can't say Connaissance because it just sounds like the Matthew McConaissance. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I saw two horror movies and I thought that was it was good. Halloween's coming up. Are you excited to see Halloween? Yes. Uh, it does look really, really good. Although I think... It's directed by the director of Joe. Oh, yeah. Link connection there, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I learned that today. It's been a long time since I've seen the first one, though. I think I feel like I have to rewatch it because mm. I just haven't. I don't really remember. Yeah, it. I was gonna watch. I was gonna rewatch it. I do. I really love Halloween, and I was gonna rewatch it, but in my head, I was like, A, I don't have time, and B, I know. I know what happens in Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can only vaguely remember. I'm very excited, though. It looks good. Very excited. It looks really good. Um, it it premiered at Fantastic Fest, and apparently, it's very good. So I'm excited. What do you think of the idea of doing more? Uh, sequels to the original. Well, that's the trend now, isn't it? Yeah, mm. that's a very bizarre. That is like the new thing now, because mm. it's profitable. The idea it? of like <laughs> with all these films, with sort of all of these ridiculous amount of sequels, and then just one um, person coming in and going, "This sequel is a sequel to the original, and none other." Mm. I think it's interesting, especially with like Halloween, because. Uh, Halloween, as far as I'm aware, as far as I know, the sequels are just garbage. It then got rebooted. Ninety percent of them, yeah. And then it got well, it got yeah, it got remade by Rob Zombie. Hmm. What a choice! <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, now it's. I know they're doing the sequel. I I don't, I don't know. It's an odd. It's because it, Halloween has a lot of sequels. Is the thing. Yeah. But do they get as crazy as uh, the Jason films, where he goes to space and stuff? 
Uh, I believe uh, this week in watching stuff, I've heard passing that one of them, it turns out he's cursed and mm-hmm. that's why he always comes back. Okay. Uh, I believe that one has Paul Rudd. And doesn't the second movie, second Halloween, it turns out to be... I think it's the third one. It turns he turns out to be the brother oh. of Jamie Lee Curtis. Or Maybe something? that's the second one. The and f- they've they've taken that out for this movie. Yeah, it's like no, he's just a dude. Yeah. He's just a guy who's obsessed with her. And um, the third movie is nothing to do with My- Michael Myers. Really? Yeah. Apparently, because it's um, I think it's that third one. It's Maybe like- this is a road we should go down sometime. Like just every two weeks, we just do, or every other week, we'll just do a Halloween movie. Halloween episode. Yeah. Just get right the way through. This the is Halloween. now the Halloween podcast. <laughs> it can only run for twelve or so episodes. <laughs> How many? And then we'll have to get to the reboot and then the sequel. I don't want to watch. I saw the reboot. Did you? I did. I didn't see it in the cinema. I guess I saw it at a friend's house once, and I was like, "This is shit. Why aren't we just watching the good one?" <laughs> um, but I'm excited for it. It looks good. I'm really excited. Yeah. What's up, people of Peopleton? Welcome to Second Opinion Movie Podcast. I'm your host Danny, and with me dildo himself scott morrison <laughs> is that gonna be the new the introduction new, yeah the new intro introduction they said that word a lot yeah in, in the, yeah in the film we're gonna review they said the dildo was their go-to um insult yeah um it seems weird it felt really really weird and this is sounds like going ahead of ourselves but it felt really really weird just because i don't feel like many people use the word dildo they certainly in that sort don't, of way but this was 2007, Danny. Times have changed. You can't just go around calling people dildos anymore. <laughs> there are rules in place. <laughs> Specifically, everybody got fed up with it. We all, <laughs> we all agreed together, right? Let's stop calling each other dildos. <laughs> um, yeah, so we watched Murder Party. Murder Party. 2007's Murder Party. Yes, which is... I don't want to say the first film, because I feel like he's done... It's but reading into it, it sounds like he's done a couple of kind of smaller but like things before this. But I think the first sort of official feature film by Jeremy Saulnier, who brought us such hits as Blue Ruin and one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, Green Room. How you like it, don't you? Um, I do. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you think about it and you go, yeah, yeah that's all right. Yeah. I'll I think I've seen that do. in terms of like the past few years. I think I've watched that film more than any other film. Like that's came out kind of within the past few years. I love it, but it's also it's quick to get through. You know, it's like yeah. you, you can't sit and watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine like five <laughs> times. You know what I mean? It's quite that's quite like a heavier film, Blade Runner. No one's got that kind of time. No, two hours forty nine is the runtime, <laughs> or whatever it is. Almost uh, three hours. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So this was kind of the first film they did. Very very low budget. Uh, I think I read it was somewhere in the low hundred thousands um they attempted to get investors for the film and when they couldn't they just decided to go ahead anyway and just shoot it for no money um which i think is pretty cool i thought it had kind of a it's got kind of a kevin smith clerksy vibe in that sense um they kind of just a small gang of people who you know like directors writers actors all who just wanted to get together and make something mm. and so they just they just made this this fucking pretty what did you think i liked it i also really liked I it i liked it in a in a really um it's a very stylistically weird film um which is what i said about what was the which one called again 
Oh, Suspiria? Suspiria. I said that about Suspiria, but this um, this one, I, li- um, I also like the characters and the story that's happening, um, as well as, like, the weird style. Like, I'm, I was enjoying, like, all of the bizarre, weird aspect of it all. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Tonally, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, like... It's it's it, I think it's going for the dark comedy vibe. Yeah, definitely a dark comedy vibe. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so the, the real quick just to bring people up to speed. Uh, the premise of Murder Party is uh, a loner. Uh, I don't think do we get a name? I can't remember. We'll just call him the Knight. I guess. Yeah, he's dressed up as a knight. Uh, Christopher is apparently oh, his okay. name. Um, also the film had a budget of one hundred ninety thousand. That's nothing in terms of films. In is terms it? of film, that's yeah. That probably rented the fucking studio they shot it in for a few. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the building for a few days. Um. So yeah, Christopher is alone on Halloween. Traffic warden. Uh. Yep. Yeah, traffic warden. Uh. He is intending to go home and watch some horror movies and eat lots of sweets. Yeah. Um. But at, on his walk home from work, he finds an invitation blowing in the wind to the murder party. Uh. Says it's happening somewhere in town. And to come alone, and so, you know, he he he's he, you know he's a bit lonely. He's up for a night out, sure. so he decides to throw on a slapped together cardboard Lancelot costume and head out to find this party. When he gets there, he is immediately uh, kidnapped, captured, yeah, yeah, captured basically, <laughs> and tied to a chair by about four art students. Yes, all sort of varying. Like some of them are one of them is a photographer. I think one of them's a filmmaker one of them one of them's an artist yeah um and they're intent they intend to by the end of the night to murder him and document it in their own artistic ways yes in order to get a grant a three what was that a three three hundred thousand dollars grant a million yeah uh from this sort of kooky artist they hang around with yeah um and so yeah that's kind of the premise of the film and christopher needs to escape before all these guys can decide exactly how they want to kill him um and what their plan is uh i i like this movie a lot yeah yeah i think it's it's definitely i feel like you can see you can see hints of what jeremy sonier goes on to because now we've now seen three movies from him since then um I think it's like it's 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 quite you can kind of see like little little sparks hmm. of like there's a lot of scenes where it seems like if he he's really playing up the laughs in this movie whereas if he was just to tone that down a bit he could make some pretty suspenseful moments in this film yeah but I think it's the the, the difference with this compared to something like Green Room you're dealing with much more kind of cartoonish characters yeah. than Green Room like Green Room plays itself quite serious Whereas this is very, very tongue in cheek, mm. well, uh, or not tongue in cheek, but like yeah. yeah, the violence in this is very over the top. Whereas yeah. in Green Room, the violence isn't over the top, but you feel it more because it's like it's brutal. Because it's, <laughs> it's more it, it, like it's weird because it's not uh, it's not as intense. Like in the physical stuff of what's happening in Green Room isn't as bad as what's happening in Murder Party. But because it's so grounded and happening, it feels like it's happening to real people. Yeah, you feel it more. Yeah, and Green Room, I think does a good job of there's there's kind of people to connect to in green room yeah. you do really feel for the band mm. and the stuff that happens to them is just brutal mm. and is the prosthetics and stuff in that are done in such a kind of realistic way where like 
that does like what happens to the main character's arm when he gets it sliced up yeah. by a machete that's probably what your arm would look like after yeah. it got sliced up by a machete um or you know people getting bitten by dogs and things like that like it's all quite visceral real stuff this is like you know chainsaws to the face and running the chainsaw up and down the face Hi. and and things like that um the axe axe the moments where people get hit by the axe is still there's something just very oh, like about get, like just something so like brutish about getting I think hit it's like someone getting hit by an axe you yeah have to use that to you have to go for an and then it's just like wedged in yeah oh, it, every time it happened in that film i was like Whoa! um yeah but i think i do i do really think i think if he had if he had played down the comedy of it you would have had something a bit more similar in tone to like green room hmm. um and i think it's it, it's kind of interesting that this this is like very much a kind of black comedy yeah and it's interesting that his other films are not like that at all no like they're much more straight um and i wonder like what made him shift from that or perhaps the problem because it seems like they all have quite like a wicked sense of humor i I think the problem with like low budget films is that you control less mm. because you haven't got the money to spend. You control a lot less, so it, there must be an element if you're going to do a low budget horror film that if you go for a comedy, anything that's like looks yeah. uh, cheesy because of your budget is also part of the joke. Yeah. Um. The so the characters in this film mostly we're dealing with art students, hipsters for most of the film, hipsters. Um, I, I was thinking about how I said with Green Room there's kind of always people to connect to whereas this there's sort of not because they're quite cartoonish yeah does it see? Does it seem like they might be taking some shots at some people that they actually know <laughs> there is a- <laughs> because I was watching it as you know Danny we went to university yeah and we studied an artistic course we did <clears throat> there's definitely some uh, some some reflections of some similarities, people we yeah. may have known <laughs> in university people that i could definitely like traits of the characters in this film i could point to people i know and be like they do that hmm. um and i just yeah i just wondered if maybe they were kind of trying to take some shots at people they know or anything like that or if they were just inspired by people they've obviously went to school with and stuff and it'd be interesting to know if the director did actually go to like a um, film school and whether mm. that's sort of a I would assume he did. I think him and Mason Blair, who is the one of the kind of lead actors in this, Hmm. Mason Blair's the character who dresses like a werewolf. Um, He has been in all of uh, Jeremy Sonier's films. And he even went so far as to, he wrote his newest film, Hold the Dark, which is on Netflix, which I want to talk about later, um, even though you haven't seen it. So we can just talk about more movies that I've seen and you haven't. (laughs) Um, uh, Him and Mason Blair wrote hold the dark together as far as i know which i think is really cool i think it's cool that they've kind of obviously met became best friends realized they have the exact same kind of taste in film and have moved forward that's really cool you know um and mason blair has his own film on netflix uh i don't want to be alone in this world anymore which i don't want to live in this world anymore i think it's called i think that's the one i watched last year yeah uh and it's elijah wood Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's a good film. That's a Which good I film. love Elijah Wood. I love that he just fucking has all that Lord of the Rings I, money. He so he's just, just like, I'll just do whatever. Do, he does whatever he likes. He loves like a little experimental role. Yeah. So what was your favorite murderous hipster? Favorite murderous hipster? Because you've got, you've got, um, when you come in, you've got the photographer who's dressed up as what we do in the shadows. Uh-huh. Then you've got the, the wolf boy. Mm-hmm. 
who dresses up as a wolf, uh, who drinks. You've got girl who we're pretty sure is dressed up as someone from Blade Runner. Yeah, she's definitely the yeah. supposed to be the girl from Blade, the girl from Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, who does lots of cocaine. Uh, and you've got the baseball standard <laughs> baseball boy who uh, likes painting and playing his yeah. PSP. I was trying to work out who he was meant to be. I'm not sure. Do you think he's just meant to be a famous baseball player, or is Maybe. that a cartoon character, or because he's in a baseball outfit, but then his face is painted yellow, and then he has black over one eye and over his mouth, mouth. like black paint. But I, I wasn't sure what that Could was just meant be to be. A baseball reference we don't get, but he plays his PSP. He does play a PSP a lot. Another 2007 <laughs> really, really... There was a few moments in this that really kind of hit home the the, the fact that it was set in... Two, well, that it was made in 2007. One in particular was him getting directions to the party. He yeah. has to go on Google, but then he has to print out the map <laughs> and take it as a physical piece of paper. And I thought that was really funny. I was like, man, remember when... Remember how hard it was? Like, if someone was like, oh, just meet me here, and you didn't know where that was? Yeah. How difficult that it's must so have strange, been. It's so strange. Because, like, I'm so reliant on my phone now. I Google mapped how to get here. Like, I come here every for every episode. Yeah. And I still Google map roughly where I'm going just to double check. Yeah. So it's so bizarre that... <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, I do. do it all the time. Like, it's just... Like, like, like I was thinking about it. I was in, I was in Poland recently. Humble brag. Yeah. In, Man of the world. In Krakow. And um, I, we... Every time you wanted to go somewhere, it was like, cool, we'll just see where what direction we're supposed to go and look it up on your phone. And I'm like, how did people get around before this? <laughs> like, I genuinely... I don't remember. <laughs> they used the constellations. Yeah. 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 The, well, I'm trying to get to look at the stars. Second like, opinion. There's the, the big plow. I think he's at the... Scott! <laughs> phoning you up. Are you at the bottom of the big plow? Like, I just... And I always wonder about, like, how did you get invited to stuff? You know what I mean? Well, I have to And then pick- what if you what if I was meeting you, right? right. Let's say I'm meeting you tonight. But then oh, you can't make it suddenly. You have no way of like letting me know. And then I'm just sat at the fucking <laughs> KFC waiting for you. I think for hours. I think those- I can't eat chicken by myself. I think in those days you just had to turn up. You really did, didn't you? Yeah. You maybe people were less flaky. Yeah. Cuz you can just patch things. Probably. Yeah. But then you were probably less aware of other plans and stuff. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, sorry. So we were talking about yeah. yeah. The, so you've got candy. your baseball player who paints and PSP. You've got Alexander who is the Grant. He's the he's the sort of the head one. Everybody likes Alexander. Like, oh well, God, I think Alexander. everyone likes him because they want the money. They, they want, want the money, this three hundred thousand. Yeah. They want to. They 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 have artistic integrity as long as it conforms to where the money is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's Alexander or is that all the murderous hipsters as well as the drug dealer who's obsessed with fish, fish and chips, mm. the Russian drug dealer who's he was my favorite definitely the russian drug dealer who's obsessed put him aside who's your favorite murderous hipster Mm. probably the werewolf yeah i think maybe just because i like mason blair a lot yeah but i think he plays him quite manically he's the first person so uh, he's the he's the first person who attempts to kill Christopher. Yes. By throwing what he thinks is acid over him. It turns out <laughs> to just be vinegar. Which I was going to talk about real quick. Like, th- 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 this film does kind of like throw you for a loop a couple of times. And I was thinking, especially right as the film starts to get going, he gets he gets uh, captured. He gets tied up. And uh, one of the hipster girls is trying to kind of talk them out of it. Yeah. She's like, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't kill him. Like, maybe I have a way that we can do something artistic and no one has to die. 
And she then never she, says that, does she? she ne- you never hear it because she falls and sma- And this is before anything major has kind of gone on. She falls and smacks her head off like a, like a car engine yeah. that's just lying around. And she like splits her head open and kills herself. And you're like, holy shit. Because she's allergic to raisins. <laughs> yeah, she's allergic because... to raisins in the pumpkin bread that Christopher brought to the party. Yeah. Um, but that totally threw me for a loop. I was like, whoa. Like, was... <laughs> and it almost it's, it's almost interesting because the thing that should be kicking the plot off, which is Christopher getting kidnapped, like, isn't what kicks the plot off. It's like something else happens to them. Because in the end, in Chris's attempts to get out, Chris doesn't kill any of them. They all no. indirectly kill themselves. Well, he, uh, except for the last yeah, one. Except yeah, except for the last one. But right. we'll get to that. But in terms of while he's in the... Um, they're, the they're, in a, they're in a warehouse, yeah. He never directly kills anyone. Yeah. They all kill each other just through their uh, attempts to... I guess it's trying to make a kind of on-the-nose kind of statement about all these artists trying to one-up each other. Yeah. And so they end up literally just all killing one another in sort of grotesque ways. Um, well, they're all unfazed by everything. Like, their friend... Very unfazed. Their, their friend falls over, hits her head, uh, and dies. And they're like, oh, quickly, shove her in the bucket before Alexander yeah. gets here. We don't want to... But, I mean, they've kidnapped someone with the intent of killing them that night. So it's almost like... I guess it all has to be played off like that where yeah. this is just another even, thing that they're doing for their later, art later your favourite guy Wolfboy goes he's been drinking heavy all night and uh, he's like so drunk he's like throwing <laughs> alcohol over himself and he goes outside and Alexander bought a dog but they've left it outside and he's like there's the irony he looks at the dog and says I wish I was a dog and then he um, lights his cigarette and then he face just catches fire, catches fire. Yeah. his whole body catches fire and um the the um two of the characters having an argument yeah two of the characters having an argument the female character the blade runner girl goes outside uh, but she runs in to get the fire extinguisher she's just like mason's on fire and the two guys don't stop having the <laughs> argument they nobody don't even says flinch. anything yeah um which is really really bizarre and then she goes out and just and then nobody really acknowledges the fact because he he survives and then he had his like his, the irony is that he's kind of become a dog because his face melts into yeah. it. Like, the mask that he was wearing melts into his face. Which is really cool. Yeah. Like, that is a very cool kind of... It's a like, weird, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. It's a cool effect. Because um, I like how the the only bit that's still singed onto him is, like, the mouth, mouth. of the dog is still kind of singed onto his skin. Yeah. So, it's so everybody seems unfazed. And even, like, the whole... This person who uh, is allergic to raisins, she dies. They put her in the the tub and they're trying to hide her from Alexander. Like, Alexander can't know that she died. And they're like, oh, she just went to another party and stuff. And she's just not here. And she just uh, uh, just don't, didn't want to be here. Alexander eventually finds her and is unfazed. Mm. It's like, oh, she's dead. Oh, oh that's dead. weird, huh? Well, um, he does immediately get stabbed with another thing that's very kind of bizarre in this film is they all, they have truth serum. Yeah. <laughs> they bring truth serum to play like this extreme version of truth or dare but again it's like in the context of the film you just accept it like okay, yeah yeah i guess i guess they have truth serum but i like how even that they they play up the like the snobbishness of the characters where he's like oh yeah it's like extreme truth or dare all the kids in berlin are playing it and you're yeah like, shut up <laughs> like like if someone like in it like that's what i mean it's like in, a, in like a genuine situation if someone were to say something like that you'd be like fuck off <laughs> like, 
Yeah, it's something that you would very much go to a hipster party and someone's like brought like a maybe maybe not truth serum, but some maybe some sort of drug or maybe some sort of vodka that like oh. or maybe they've brought a board game at Snap, but not quite like Snap. All the kids in Berlin are playing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I but I there's so much, there's so many kind of odd things like that that you just you just have you to just, accept. You just, you just have to it. accept that everyone's cool with this murder that's going to happen and. Um, yeah, it, it does the same thing that uh, Trick or Treat did, and I guess this is a thing that I guess a lot of Halloween movies do. The whole thing of we kind of talked about it briefly when we were watching it, like the that you know a murderer on Halloween is undetectable. Yeah, because you can rock up, dress in your own clothes and cover, but covered head to toe in blood and stuff. No one questions it. Um, and they kind of play up that again toward towards the end of this movie. Uh, with them kind of running through the party and people are just like, oh man, that's a red costume, bro. And he's like, <laughs> just clarted in blood and stuff. And he's like, call the police! <laughs> and like, no one's listening to him. Yeah. But I guess that's just like a common kind of trope to play with when like uh, Halloween movies. Well, if you're doing like, especially Halloween comedy. Yeah. Um, which Trick or Treat was kind of, that had that same sort of like, it was Halloween stories, but um, played with a sort of like a, a self-awareness and a, having a, Having a bit of a laugh. Having a goof. Yeah. A goof and a guffaw. Um, Makes for a good tone for this film. Makes it fun. As as well as, like, in uh, suspenseful. Because I'm like, I want Christopher to get out of this because I feel like he's done nothing wrong. He's, he's... And that's the thing as well, is, like, they don't even use him as a sort of protagonist. No. Like, you don't... You forget about him for most of the You do. Film. You don't sort of, like, learn about the characters from his point of view or anything he's just kind of in the background a lot yeah um they also make him quite pathetic which is which is i think the main reason i wanted him to survive because he's a little too pathetic to die because the reason he goes to the party and his whole character (laughs) arc in this whole thing is that like he goes to sit down to watch the film and his cat sir lancelot i think they call the cat sir lancelot is not he's clearly into knights yeah he's not moving from the seat at all, and he's like, "Come on, Sir Lancelot, I want, I, I want to sit there so I can eat my candy and watch my VHS." Scare wolves, scare wolves. I want to watch scare wolves. I haven't seen it yet. My friends say it's good. I want to watch it, but the cat. You're adding move. all those parts, but <laughs> I think I've got a spot on <laughs> quote from the film. Um, and the cat doesn't move, and so he like decides, "Oh, I'll just go to a party then." Um, As you do. And then when he comes back, he's been through all of the shit. He's been chased through Halloween parties. He's been injected with truth serum. He's seen all of these people die. He's had chainsaw fights. And he's, he's <sighs> he goes back, he picks up his candy, and he turns the TV on, and he says, just move some hands on. Yeah. So he's got almost like this weird sort of patheticness about him mm. that makes you, like when he's like running away from um, the murder party to try and escape, you're like, come on, <clears throat> you're, you're just a little too... You desperately want him to get away, yeah. It's just a little too wimpy just to die. Do you think this film is like, it's it's kind of warning you against, you know, you know, you see, you see like a Facebook event thing come up and you're like, oh, I could, I can go to that. It's warning you against hipsters. I think it's warning you against... It's hipsters that they're warning accepting you Accepting invites for things you definitely don't know about or, under, you know, understand. <laughs> I feel like there's a difference between, hey, that's an invite to an event on Facebook. And finding, and like, a fucking piece of paper in the street. Because and... even they But say... I guess it's that thing of taking a gamble on something, you yeah. know? It's, almost, it's warning you against taking a gamble. Because even... I like that bit towards there where he's like, I just wanted to go to a party! <laughs> 
I like when he, when they when he walks in, they're all just like, "What? Well, we didn't think it would work." We yeah. were <laughs> so blown away by it. <laughs> if he's stupid enough to come to something called the murder party, then he deserves it. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite funny. It is. It's very funny. I, I really the the humor of it all works because even the the violence it all catches you off guard. But it's in that kind of like you kind of get shocked and then laugh it off because yeah. of how ludicrous it is. Yeah. But I like the way there's, you know, the, the, there's kind of like a slapsticky element to a lot of it as well. Yeah. There's um, there's a moment where Mason Blair's character goes to swing the axe at him, and he gets caught on a light switch, like a like a chain yeah. light switch, and accidentally pulls the light switch on, and so Christopher sees the shadow <laughs> of the man with the axe. And then there's a bit where Christopher runs into a cupboard to hide. And he tries to find a weapon, and he comes out of the cupboard <laughs> just armed with a whole, just holding a bunch of things, throws it to, to in their sort of general direction. Kind of does like a like moves to the right and then quick to the left and then tries to run away. <laughs> because like, it has it's like that trope where it like it, um, he's in the cupboard, he's looking around, and then it does close up on his various <laughs> items. You're like, it's almost like a light bulb's come across his head ding I thought of a genius way to get out of this and he just throws the stuff at yeah. them not even at them in front of them and then runs off that's genius <laughs> it's the whole thing is just a very cool mishmash of uh, horror and comedy and slapstick and yeah it's 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 like a good fun watch I don't think it's like I said, it, I think maybe even I think maybe there is just a, like a comparison to his other films, though, where he clearly has a lot more maturity, hmm. and he also has a lot more skill behind him in his later films and more money. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I think it is really interesting to go back and see something like this, which is so tonally different to what he's done, and but see the seeds that are yeah. kind of planted and. Um, yeah, I think it's like it's a good fun movie it's really taking a shot at like art students i like how all their kind of drama stems from they just want to be better at art than all the rest of them like they're gonna kick the baseball guy out of the group because he's because they're all jealous of his art yeah um and and things like that and one of the girls says uh the blade runner girl says um she used to love art and now she hates it because all good art leaves less space for her <laughs> it's yeah. like kind of egocentric like egotistical attitude that, that's that actually i, I think really, can come with like a lot of i found that artists. really interesting actually that sort of weird sort of she can't appreciate art anymore because it's not like hers that yeah. everybody's appreciating that's a really weird sort of mm. that's what happens when the truth serum goes on it's very weirdly profound yet sad and egotistical yeah element to just be in that sort of art student thinking that you're that profound like the yeah 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 that was that was kind of interesting because i think there is a lot of that there's a lot of there's a lot of people like that in that world yeah that very ego egocentrical like i guess you kind of i'd not maybe have to be but there must be an element where there has to be a part of that because you have to have faith in your stuff yeah but god it turns them into some turns some of them into some right fucking wankers to say the least like um yeah but yeah i just i think it's a, a damn good it's very short though i feel like i've run out of stuff to say already because i feel like it was we've already nearly talked for the length of the movie Aye. so it only runs for an hour and about an yeah. hour 15 an hour 20 like um is it just it's like just feature length like yeah just, just about fucking makes it it's like a minute over yeah um 
you think it's just art students they're going after in this? I think this end scene is very bizarre because like uh, Christopher um, escapes and he's getting chased down by the baseball character who's killed everyone. He, you imagine he's perhaps like the more, the better artist in this whole place because he's the one who's he kind of stays on the insecure. Yeah. Because he's not really fussed about what everyone else is doing. He's painting uh, and... Um, he's playing his PSP while people are being murdered. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't... In terms of all these people that are chasing each other in their ego, he's kind of the, almost the, the true sort of like... Perhaps the one with the talent. Who, well, he's the less insecure person. Yeah. Um, and he gets angry because they criticize his painting. And then he starts... He kills all of the other uh, hipster... Um, murderers and then he's chasing Christopher Christopher manages to escape the warehouse and he goes through this party but then ends up in an art exposition mm. um, exhibition exhibition I knew I'd said it wrong exposition would exposition. be <laughs> explaining art yeah <laughs> um, which is this sort of room where this uh, some sort of bizarre yeah, I really know thing what's going is happening on, yeah. it's like uh, I think it was one point described um, still art um, meets performance art. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, it's very, very pretentious. Like, there's everything you would expect from a pretentious sort mm. of um, uh, art installation. Go for installation this time because I can mm. say it. Uh, and then the Christopher comes in and he's like, he's almost, he's very alien in this world because like he's he's like, oh my god, they're trying to kill me, and they're all just like not fussing. Oh, okay. We're just we're just sat, we're just sat here in our makeup and stuff. Oh my god, they're trying to kill me. And then on the wall is art. Question yeah, mark. I love that. That was that's one of my favorite bits of like it's set design. Very, very sort of um, typical of that sort of yeah um, dabism art movement of just being like, what even. Is art. If um, we are to make art, first we must ask ourselves, what is art? Well, to go in that room, you have to go past uh, chairs that are like <laughs> stuck to the wall, which is yeah. very, which is very like a sort of uh, outsider's um, view of that sort of dab as an art, where you're like, what? Why is messy? Why is a messy bed art uh, that like I don't even understand that, that that it's just a messy bed? I have a messy bed when I wake up this morning. It's very sort of an outsider's view uh-huh. of it. Um, and then when the the baseball guy comes in, he just proceeds to murder everyone, everyone yeah. in that uh, art installation. Everybody dies. And then just as he's mur- chopping them up with an axe um, piece into pieces, it cuts to that um, quote on the wall again: "Art question mark mm. Is he trying to say something? Uh, do you think uh, that uh, the director Aww. of Green Room is trying to say something profound about? I think perhaps he has a little statement to make. Yes, the 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 link between uh, what is perhaps more reminiscent of Grindhouse cinema <laughs> and uh, uh, more uh, pretentiously uh, considered mm. uh, art uh, installment. Which is art? Are they both art? Perhaps they are both art. Are Jaden Smith's tweets art? No, we can. We we've just got that confirmed by art <laughs> everywhere by Jaden no. Smith as well. Um, yeah, I think that's like a cool way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, it definitely feels like that sort of outsider of that sort of movement. Have you ever been to like kind of one of those art exhibitions, like a um, kind of one like that, like the white room with just kind of stuff around on the walls and things and. There's uh, the one in the Glasgow city centre, isn't mm. there? That's like the some some of I have not been in that for a while, but I went in that once and there was kind of like 
that sort of stuff. Yeah. So a lot of them I just don't get. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't going to lie. I'm not I'm not I, I don't I'm not good at with art like I don't know with the kind of modern art I'm not good with it. I'm not good with it. I a lot of the times I don't I like I'll see that I'll I'll be told that the kind of statement it's making and I'm like, "Yeah, but how?" <laughs> there's a there's a scene in a in um Outnumbered have you ever watched that show? Uh, I've, yes, I watched a couple of them. I've always really enjoyed where they go to a modern art gallery and there's a globe in a fridge and the the little boy's like, why is there a globe in that fridge? And it's like, the mum's like, oh, well, you know, it's trying to make, you know, a statement about how, you know, we're, we're the, the, the global warming and, you know, she kind of rattles off this thing and there's a pause and the dad's like, it's a globe in a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm I'm not a smart boy when it comes to modern art. I don't. I, there's like, especially in value wise, um, art, the art world's very. Uh, it's very filled with rich people uh, trying to mm. write off their taxes. What's the word that the character uses in the Jijul? Was it something like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, there's even like, like a, a sense of like, um, what's the word? Clientele being very. Um, prestigious because there's uh, there's this even this report like if a paint if a painter is considered prestigious who owns his art is almost as important as his name himself yeah and one time it was Daniel Radcliffe tried to buy a painting and the he was told by the art dealer that he was waiting for a more prestigious owner oh because if Daniel Radcliffe buys the painting the other paintings by the author goes down in value but if someone who is more well known for yeah. artistic taste um, has uh, decides to buy it, then the ref the sort of patent's value goes I up. I shouldn't be told you can't buy something because you're like riffraff. Because <laughs> you're Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't let Harry Potter buy this painting. This painting's way too good for Harry Potter. I'm sorry, Harry, it doesn't move. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Danny. That was a really easy joke. I'm glad you <laughs> I did like that one. <laughs> uh, it wasn't easy for me. I didn't see it coming. Um, so yeah, so there's very... But that's kind of like that sort of it's almost decided by rich people who want to write off their taxes is very sort of like what almost feels like this film's like attacking just getting like yeah. there's this still life performance and you're like oh my god this is so so interesting and you just have someone who just comes in and fucking murders them yeah. Gr- old grindhouse style like oh, oh yeah. so satisfying yeah that's what I want B-movie um, chopping them up with an axe that's our kind of art Danny yeah question mark uh, question mark <laughs> yes that's yes. what I'm putting in the blood of the still art performances because we've yes. had two We've watched four movies this season so far. Two of them have been very bloody. Yes. Lot of violence, and there's more to come. Lots more violence. But not in the films, on the podcast itself. On the podcast, yeah. Eventually, we will bludgeon each other to death yeah. with the microphones. <laughs> <laughs> and our copy uh, box sets of Lost and Frasier. Don't, sp- <laughs> Don't ruin the mic stands. Oh my god, it's not a wizard behind that curtain. <laughs> um, you haven't watched Hold Dark. No. <clears throat> So again, hold it up. Fucking, just, every director's going to Netflix right now. It's crazy. It's really bizarre, isn't it? Netflix has got like a, a hold on all yeah. of these sort of... The Coen Brothers new movie is going to Netflix. That's insane. Like, Miles Scorsese has a film Because we were talking about it. And you, you know, we were talking about Netflix kind of giving more control to their directors. But it's like, when have the Coen Brothers ever struggled with that? Yeah. That they have to go to Netflix? No question them when they made Hail Caesar. 
Yeah, exactly. Or uh, Inside Lewin Davis. <laughs> Inside Lewin Davis has such a bizarre ending, and the film almost has no real, like, plot. Yeah. Like, it's such a character study. You can't imagine studios are going, so Coen Brothers, who, what demographic are you aiming for with old folk singer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bizarre one. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Jeremy Sonier put out his new film, Hold the Dark, on Netflix, and I was very excited to watch it, because I'm a big fan. Because I think, I do genuinely think Green Room is, like, a masterpiece at yeah. this point. <laughs> um, uh, Hold the Dark is, in the same way that Murder Party is different to kind of Blue Room and Green Room, Hold the Dark is very different to those ones as well. It really doesn't feel like a film made by him. It plays itself a lot straighter than anything he's done before, I think. And it it's much more... It's much less of a kind of visceral thing. Like I think the thing that I think the thing that stands out with Green Room the most is the fact that I think you picture what you would do in that situation. Mm. Um, Hold the Dark. What Hold the Dark I think is trying to do is tell. It's trying to do that classic thing of it's trying to tell a story without, with like with very minimal exposition. I th- and I think that's I think that's great and I think a lot of films can pull that off very well. I think the issue with Hold the Dark is that the story it's trying to tell is in itself a little too complicated and quite unrelatable. Okay. Um. So the fi- I and I can't really I can't really talk about why without spoiling it. But basically, what the film turns out to kind of be about, I think, is so incredibly like unrelatable and i think the rest of the film in itself is quite alienating anyway that it becomes very hard to really connect with the film in any kind of engaging way because it's all played very very like it's a very quiet film like everybody kind of mumbles their words when there are words there's like huge stretches of time where there's very like almost no dialogue um there's a lot of violence that seems to come out of kind of nowhere. <laughs> um, and I just think it's... it's I, I, do, I want to watch it again. I want to... I really do want to, like, sit down and just, like, shut off all the lights and really just, like, focus on the movie and just take it all in. But as of right now, like, I don't think I like it. Okay. Like, I really don't <clears throat> think I do. Wow. Um... Yeah, I just, I just, like I said, I just don't think there's really anything to connect to as a viewer. None of the characters are particularly engaging. The only character you can kind of get on board with is the main character, and I think that's just because he is the main character, so you attach yourself to him. But even he is quite a cold kind of individual that you don't really have much that you can latch on to. And I think the whole film is just kind of a bit just a bit barren and a bit just yeah it's just it's tough to get on board with but i'd be interested to see what you think i really did i wanted to try and i wanted to get you to watch it before this episode but time is of the essence um but i think it would be cool if you were to watch it at some point so that we can talk about it properly on the podcast maybe not do a whole episode on it but or maybe we we, maybe i don't know maybe we should it's an. It's definitely interesting. I'll say that we uh, when we were at the cinema the other night, um, 
we were talking about it and about the fact that we weren't sure we we liked it and uh i was saying i was like you know what like fair play to it like three weeks since i watched it i've still talked about it like yeah quite a bit um because it's worth talking about where and as we're talking about it we're waiting for the film to start the trailer for hunter killer the gerard butler submarine movie is playing and i'm like yeah (coughs) at least we're still talking about hold the dark three weeks there (laughs) we're never going to talk about this like hunter killer outside of this moment right here like no one's gonna be talking about that film i've seen that trailer and you had to say gerard butler before i Mm. remembered what film it was what kind of a fucking title is hunter killer about a submarine like (laughs) what (laughs) the fucking national treasure gerard butler he's ours that's he's our bo- that's our shit, scottish boy he's done some shit he's he? in garbage <laughs> i don't think we should be proud of jared butler at all <laughs> i forget that jared butler's a thing just because he doesn't he only ever turns up in a he just pops up in schlock yeah Aye. just like absolute trash but yeah fuck him sure he's got a nice house in la or something now um danny should we wrap this one up yeah we can alright okay alright one last question though okay as a person who lives quite West End Glasgow oh. are you afraid of the murderous hipsters I'm not afraid <laughs> but I do work I do work in a shop in the West End that is in a very student area and oh boy you hear some <laughs> some just dire chat you hear the word gluten a lot <laughs> the word hummus is used a lot as well um, I thought they were like past elements of hipsters are we, are we still getting hipsters that are conscious of their I don't yeah that's the thing is that it's a, yeah I think it's the un, like the, 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 the slow hipster there's the kind of I think I think me and um, someone I work with talked about it recently where there are a lot of people who come into my work who seem quite unself aware yeah of what they sound like to other people you know what i mean they just want their hummus which is fair play <laughs> i like hummus you know hummus is great it's all right you dip a dorito in that Ooh, baby you got yourself a stew going but <laughs> it's a great arrest of the joke. it's a great arrest but um yeah I, but i you know what i don't want to fucking shit over shit all over other people i, I just hate it when they're dicks <laughs> like when you're an asshole it's just like sh- shut up can we talk about we don't have to name names, right? But do you remember when we came out of the movie John Wick 2? Yes. And we bumped into a hipster boy that we know. Ooh, I can't remember. I, we, we don't have to remember him. But, and he, I remember he, he was like, we came out of Cineworld and he was like, oh, so what did you guys see? And we were like, John Wick 2. And he was like, oh, was it good? And we were like, oh, it was fucking amazing. Like, yeah. we loved it. And he's like, oh, that's crazy because I don't think I've ever seen a good movie at Cineworld. And I was like, yeah but, yeah, but but they don't make the movies. <laughs> like they just show them, and like Cineworld shows lots of good. Like they show lot plenty of good stuff. Yeah, but it's like, and I've had that conversation. I had that conversation with someone once as well when uh, Blade Runner came out, and uh, they were like, "I was like, they were like, did you see Blade Runner?" I was like, "Fuck yeah, I saw Blade Runner. It's amazing." And they're like, "Where'd you see it?" I was like, "Oh, just Cineworld." And they're like, "Oh, do you not go to the GFT?" I'm like, "No, why the fuck." You may sit for two hours and forty minutes in the in that's in the most <laughs> uncom like I like the GFT, but it's uncomfy as fuck. Yeah, like it's definitely. just ridiculously uncomfy. Like 
Sony World 2, you fucking will. It's comfy. And also the people are a lot less fucking pretentious yeah. that go there and stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, we've had that conversation before about people at Q&As and stuff. And, yeah. And I had one of the worst worst ever i'm just gonna I'm just ragging on the gft now one of the worst ever fucking instances of customer service and i still to this day regret not fucking complaining i don't know why i didn't but like i went to see the witch i've told you about the story probably i went to see the witch there was a few of us and uh we were standing in the foyer and this woman turned to me and she was like hey do you know where the toilets are and i went oh yeah they're just and i went to point at the toilets yeah but in the gft there's two toilets one to your left and one to your right and so I went to put it to the left, and um, this woman who worked there turns around and she's like, oh, they're just, like, interrupting me. I was like, oh, they're just up there, and, like, pointed to the other ones. And the woman's like, oh, cool, thanks very much, and walks away. And then the woman who tur- turns to me, and she's like, what were you going to say? And I was like, uh, I-, I was pointing to the ones down there. And she's like, oh, don't act like you come here all the time. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, what? Is- and I, to this day, I so regret not putting in like a formal yeah. complaint and being like how fucking dare your staff talk to like That's talk awful. to someone like that totally like unwarranted like completely unwarranted just wanted to be a cunt is basically what that woman's attitude was that night i was just like you're a fucking disgrace and it's like that's why whenever i see job vacancies going up there i'm like nah i'm good that's terrible you like it's Fuck bad that. enough being like, an independent cinema yeah but you've without... got to alienate people who yeah. want to go to it like it just, oh it blew my mind that's awful I, I don't know why I didn't complain it's hard being a hipster <laughs> yeah but fuck it we might get done for defamation but it really happened so I don't care <laughs> um, anyway where can people find us Danny they can find us on Facebook or Twitter at second a pod that's second with a two you really fucking put me in it there I was clearly in the middle of a swig of water and you're like oh I'm gonna well, stop I ran out of things to say it's Scott's turn to talk now and I'm like I'm, I'm watering you're watering I'm hydrating mm. um, cool that was yeah that was Murder Party murder. short film I feel like we summed up everything we wanted to say in the first 10 minutes <laughs> then kind of spun our wheels for a while but yeah. you know what it's gonna be movies like that every now and again you can't win them all you can't win them all maybe it's alright maybe I'm just doing damage control ahead of time yeah, who knows it'll be fine It'll yeah, watch these, the watch these people on YouTube who do their little reviews and they're all edited to shit. They cut them down. Oh, this is natural. Cut them down to all the best bits. We just fucking talk for a solid hour. We're, we're so authentic. We're so authentic. Aye. We don't edit. We're... It's also late. <laughs> I mean, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah but yeah. that's yeah. late for me. I'm a working butt. <clears throat> Lovely. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Goodbye. Goodbye.